Thank you, Zach, for reading for us this morning. As we interact with God's Word this morning, I guess if I were to entitle the message, How Long, Lord? Sometimes we question God and we ask, but need to be willing to stop and listen for a response also. Let's pray together. Father, we're grateful for your word, grateful for revealing yourself, giving us the written word. We thank you for your spirit who lives within us, works in us. We thank you for the time to be together as a body. And as we look at a portion of Habakkuk this morning, we want to be hearers, doers of your word for your glory. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. I'm posing a question, and I'm looking for response. If you could ask God one question, share a complaint with the Lord, or express a frustration, what would you share? If you could share one question with the Lord, express a complaint or a frustration, what would you share? <clears throat> That's very open-ended. Why what? Okay, why the tree in the garden? Okay, any others? Why so long in terms of suffering? And I'm adding this. I don't, I'm not sure she was thinking. That could be physical suffering. That could be financial. That could be relational. Uh, why so long? Any others? Okay, why are the wicked allowed to go on and on and on? And those who might be in the faith or young, they seem to get taken away. Any others? Let's take our Bibles and turn to Habakkuk chapter 1. Some people may say, where's Habakkuk? It's in the Old Testament. You have Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, you know, the minor prophet area. Probably not one that we look up and read often. But I want to read Habakkuk. Chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. And here we find that Habakkuk is offering some questions to God. The Lord responds later in chapter 1, and then Habakkuk raises some more questions, and the Lord responds again. And then in chapter 3, Habakkuk says, Okay, God, I'm just going to praise you. But Habakkuk 1, verse 1. The oracle that Habakkuk the prophet received. How long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed 
and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. The Lord then responds, but Habakkuk is coming to God with some lament, if you please. And notice the structure. As we think about this portion of Scripture, I think the structure is the heart, the lungs of understanding Scripture many times. And in our modern, modern culture, we often want a quick fix rather than studying, reading, and meditating upon God's Word. But a fast food diet of Scripture does have consequences long term. But notice what is happening Habakkuk raises four questions in verse 2. He is speaking to God. He's not speaking to people. He's speaking to God, posing some questions. How long must I call for help? But you do not listen. We find a creature, a created being, addressing the Lord, the independent, self-existing one of the universe. How long must I call for help? But you do not listen, Lord. Pretty strong. The creature talking to the creator. The creature goes on. Habakkuk goes on. How long must I cry to you? Violence. But you do not save, Lord. Legitimate questions. But he's saying, Lord, you don't listen and you don't save. Then there are two why questions. Any conclusion? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrong? Again, the creature is asking the creator, asking the Lord. The term Lord is used. The covenant name of God with Judah and Israel, why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrong? He then says, destruction and violence are before me. There's strife and conflict abounds. So what's the conclusion? Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked have in the righteous so that justice is perverted. Notice that a question is posed. How long, why, and then conclusion? We may tire of waiting which yields that which is not good.
Habakkuk apparently has been asking for an extended period of time. It's not where he get up one morning and said, how long, O Lord? He's been observing for a period of time. What is happening in the culture? And apparently getting tired of waiting. <coughs> which yields some unsound conclusions. And he is concluding that the law is paralyzed. Justice never prevails. The wicked have in the righteous, and justice is perverted. Habakkuk, one we know very little about other than what is revealed in the book, and very little is said about him, but he is writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And he's addressing the Lord. And I emphasize again, he's addressing the creator of the universe. He's addressing the independent, self-existing one. The finite is questioning the infinite. It's like the ant, if you please, saying to you, why are you walking in my domain? But the Lord as we will find in weeks to come, lets Habakkuk ask and doesn't rebuke him. But notice a couple of things about the text. Habakkuk was apparently a man who loved justice as seen in the word, words violence in verse 2, injustice, wrong, destruction, strife, and conflict. Apparently Habakkuk also had a standard by which he was measuring of what is right and wrong. And apparently the standard is the law, the Mosaic law. And keep in mind, the Mosaic law is not merely about relating to God. It's about relating to other people. It's about how you harvest your fields, if you please. It's about how you treat the widow, how you treat the fatherless. So when he says there's violence, there's injustice, there's destruction, there's strife, conflict abounds, he's talking about day-by-day living because the Mosaic Law talked about day-by-day living. We think of the Mosaic Law and we look at the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are amplified. That deals with relationships, not only with God, but in daily life. And I mentioned this before, but I emphasize it again. Habakkuk apparently had been crying out to the Lord for an extended period of time, but wasn't getting answers. Notice in verse 2, how long? How long, O Lord, must I call for help? How long? Lord, I've been at this six months, a year, two years. As you look at Israel's history or Judah's history, you will find that they were in decline for a period of time. So we do not know how long Habakkuk is crying out to God, but apparently an extended period of time. Because he says, why do you make me look at injustice? That's more than a day or two, a week or two, or a month or two. Again, extended 
period of time. Strife and conflict abounds. Strife apparently was happening and it's abounding, it's increasing. And the use of questions show deep emotional anguish in the life of Habakkuk. Apparently he was a godly man who experienced anguish concerning evil. I don't know if you've ever looked at things in the body of Christ or you looked at the nation or you looked at world events and sometimes you just cry out, God, what's going on? There's anguish because you know what God says in his word. Habakkuk apparently knew the Mosaic law. It was seen that Judah was falling short and Judah did go into captivity, Babylonian captivity, sometime after Habakkuk cried out to God. Now the questions that Habakkuk raises in 2a, how long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen, is not new in the sense that the psalmist in Psalm 6, Psalm 13 Psalm 22 would have cried out in the same way. How long? God, where are you? The second question in 2B will cry to you violence, but you do not save. Jeremiah would have cried out in terms of violence. Zechariah also would have spoke about violence. Now think about our lives today. Do we cry out to God and say, God, how long do I call for help, but you don't listen or cry violence and you don't save? Can you think about that in life? The culture in which we live the country in which we live, the county in which we live, the body of Christ in the United States, the body of Christ in our country. In 3A, why do you make me look at injustice? Injustice always occurs with waste. It seems like injustice Results in waste. The idea of something that is empty as a result of injustice. Do you ever look around our country and cry injustice? Do you ever look around the body of Christ sometimes and say, that's just not just? The fourth question In 3b, why do you tolerate wrong? Wrong speaks of painful, miserable items experienced when God's law is neglected. Think about the anguish that children in the Old Testament went through when dad did not teach and train and instruct his children. They would grow into adult life without any guide for them because dad neglected and they in turn may fall into violence because of God, the neglect of God's law. How many women in the Old Testament, how many wives in the Old Testament 
went through difficulty because their husbands did not love them and treat them as God designed. The result was painful, miserable items experienced. So Habakkuk says, here's the fact, destruction is before me. The idea of destruction is ruining or spoiling something. That may be a relationship. That may be a person or a thing. This destruction is before me. Violence, extreme wickedness, malicious witness, cruel hatred. Lord, violence is before me. Lord, I pick up the Jerusalem Times every morning. There's violence, there's wickedness, there's destruction. Then I get on the internet and I find that in outlying areas beyond Jerusalem, there's destruction, there's violence, there's wickedness, there's malicious witness, there's cruel hatred. He says, Lord, there's strife, physical, verbal strife. Lord, I heard my neighbor beat his wife. Lord, I heard down the street, as I walked by a house, a man berating his children. Lord, I went to a hearing, and there was judicial combat. Strife abounds. It's not just a little bit. It's overflowing. And then he says, Lord, conflict abounds. Contention in relationships. Lord, this just abounds. Lord, I don't understand. There's so much divorce in Judah that I just shake my head with what's going on. Husband, or rather fathers, are not teaching their kids. What's going on, Lord? I walked by a farmer's field the other day and I noticed that he harvested the grain and he cut all the corners which you say in your law that weren't to be done so that the poor and the strangers could have some. And that has created some conflict. Habakkuk is lamenting to the creator, the covenant-keeping God of Israel. So he says the law is paralyzed. Lord, you have this Mosaic law. You gave the Ten Commandments. You gave all these other laws that build on the Ten Commandments. And nothing's happening. Israel's messed up. There's violence. There's injustice. There's strife. There's conflict. And they abound. Some of you may recognize the name Johnny Erickson Tata. 
who when she was 17 or 18, dived into the bay, hit the bottom, paralyzed. What's paralyzed mean? She cannot care for herself. And I think it's one of her first books that she wrote. She said, I was lying in this frame where they can turn me. You know, for bed sores. And I, one day I was lying there and a friend came and I was face down. And she said, I was so discouraged and disheartened. I said to my friend, help me kill myself. I can't even kill myself. Why? She was paralyzed. Her body had no ability to respond to the brain. Habakkuk is saying, Lord, you gave a law. You tell us how to live, how to relate to you, how to relate to other people. And it's paralyzed. Where are you? Why aren't you doing something? In essence is what he is saying. The law is paralyzed. Justice never prevails. A few years back, some of us thought that never happened in our county, right? That justice never prevailed. And people get frustrated sometimes and say, where is justice? Habakkuk is dealing with God's chosen people. And he says, justice don't prevail. It's not winning the day. It's injustice. Lord, I was on the internet this morning. Habakkuk, if he had internet, and I don't think he did. And I looked up injustice. There was thousands And I looked up justice, and there was two. He's saying it prevails. He says, the wicked hem in the righteous. Growing up in a farm, I think of something being hemmed in. Hemmed in, I think of the chickens we had, or the pigs we had, or the cattle we had. We always took our chicken, we put chickens and put them in a pen. They were hemmed in. They couldn't get out. We put our steers in the pen, they couldn't get out. Habakkuk is saying, the wicked build a fence around the righteous so they can't get out, more or less. They hem them in. And then he says, justice is perverted. What is wrong is seen as right, and what is right is seen as wrong. Justice is perverted. I remember a number of years ago going to the Luzerne County Courthouse for hearing with, no, to be with someone. And after that hearing was over, I thought, I'm just going to hang around a while to see what happens in our courthouse. So the next case came up and another couple other cases came up. I didn't know the individuals. And I walked out of the courthouse thinking to myself, where is justice? Habakkuk is saying, justice is perverted. That which is right is perverted. Some examples from Habakkuk's day. We won't turn to Isaiah chapter 1. But in Isaiah chapter 1 through chapter 5, you'll find that Isaiah, and probably some of what Habakkuk is talking about, in terms of the time period in which both of them lived. Isaiah talked about rebellion in Judah. He talked about hands full of blood, murder. 
He talked about no concern for the fatherless and the widows in Isaiah 1 and verse 17. He talked about rulers who are rebels, companions of thieves who accept bribes and chase after gifts in verse 23 of Isaiah 1. In Isaiah 5 and verse 8, he talks about money and wealth talking. In Isaiah 5 and verse 11, he talks about alcohol. In Isaiah 5 and verse 18, he talks about deceit. In Isaiah 5 and verse 20, he talks about calling evil good and good evil. Apparently, that's some of what Habakkuk saw in God's chosen people. Some modern-day examples, maybe road rage, leaders, money talks, alcohol is a major killer, but we do nothing about it, divorce outside and inside the church, money, wealth, possessions talk, tremendous amount of lying and deceit. I don't know if you've ever asked, who do you believe? How about within the body of Christ? Money talks. The more you give, the greater status you get. Embezzlement takes place within religious communities. Divorce is very prevalent. Relationships among believers, sometimes there's division, there's factions, there's selfish ambition. Immorality among leaders. Pornography. Unforgiveness for years among leaders and among people. Passive fathers, passive husbands. Those are some things that we might cry out today and say, Lord, where are you? What we're dealing with is not new. Habakkuk is crying out to God. As we wrap it up, what is the Lord revealing about himself through having Habakkuk write his book, write his Lament to God. Just a couple thoughts. The Lord welcomes questions. Since they show your thinking and desire to be open. The psalmist lamented. Habakkuk is lamenting. Lord, I'm lamenting. Why does this go on? Speaking from the Lord's perspective, you think the Lord might be saying sometimes, I've been waiting for you to share with me. I thought you would never ask. We have all kinds of thoughts sometimes, but we don't express them to God. Habakkuk had them and he expressed them and Habakkuk doesn't get rebuked. He gets an answer. He doesn't like that answer. So he goes to task with God again. And when he gets that answer, he says, okay, Lord, I'll accept. As, a, as my child, perhaps the Lord is saying, feel free to come with questions since they're one of my primary teaching tools. Because of some things I've seen in our county and in some of the systems in our county that I don't discuss, I said, Lord, Is there any hope? And he's responded to me. (laughs) 
feel free to come to God. He's also communicating as we'll come out as we continue in Habakkuk. My sovereign plan will be a little will be accomplished. A little frustration on your part will not change my plan. Perhaps also he's communicating individuals who go with the flow of the culture in which they live have few laments, questions, and frustrations. But as we live for God and are sensitive to him, probably those laments do increase. Feel free to question God. But don't walk away without listening. If you're going to lament to God, then listen. He responded to Habakkuk. He responds today. And in that way, I don't think he has changed. We'll pick up with God's response in the future in chapter 1 and verse 5.